regularly making sure social media platforms are aware of the latest narratives dangerous to public health. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. Algorithms, I don't know how they work, but they all do know how they work. Public has a right to know. That's the point that we're making, and we're dealing with a life or death issue here, and so everybody has a role to play in making sure there's accurate information. Good evening, everybody. You're listening to Blue Collar Blacklisted Podcast. We have a lot of new listeners. If you're a new listener and you're not familiar with the show, there's just a couple of regular folks just like you covering the previous week in political events. And we do this for free. It's definitely not a, a full-time job. So please like, just, you know the routine, like, share, subscribe. Leave us a rating, please. We greatly appreciate it. The more we can do it, the more of this we can do. By the way, I am your host, Stanley Hudson, with our executive producer, Buford. How are you this evening? Fantastic. Thank you for everybody tuning in. Alec Baldwin. That what guy. a wonderful guy. <laughs> this guy's just a scumbag. <clears throat> and, of course, you knew when he shot this woman that it, if, we knew for certain that it wasn't going to be his fault, and I felt pretty confident that it was going to be Donald Trump's fault. Lo and behold, we are here on the New York Post. Alec Baldwin feared Trump comments on Russ shooting would inspire violence against him. Oh, my goodness. I feel so bad for him. During an exclusive CNN interview, actor Alec Baldwin stated that the only time he was worried about the consequences of the fatal Rust movie set shooting was after former President Donald Trump weighed in on the tragedy. Implying that his physical safety was in danger, Baldwin claimed that Trump had instructed people to commit acts of violence on January 6th, and now he was pointing fingers at me. (laughs) That's better than guns. (laughs) Yeah, you got that. CNN New Day aired Alec Baldwin's interview with CNN Entertainment reporter Chloe Malas on Friday, where they discussed the fallout from the tragic shooting on the Hollywood set of the movie Rust. Baldwin maintained during his interview that he didn't pull the trigger, telling Malas, I've never once said, never, that the gun went off in my hand automatically. I always said I pulled the hammer back, and I pulled it back as far as I could. I never took a gun and pointed it at somebody and clicked the thing. Well, we can start off by not calling any part of a gun a thing. Every piece on the gun has a name. Yeah. Are you referring to the trigger? And maybe he's purposely being obtuse. So they, you know what I mean? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Playing the stupid card. And, and I, don't, I know that we talked about this when it originally happened. I never once said never that the gun went off in my hand automatically. Well, then how'd it go off? Yeah, if it didn't go off automatically, it went off deliberately. Yeah, he said that he didn't pull the trigger. I know that he said that. He said he never pulled the trigger. I know that he said that. Yeah. And so, and I wonder if, I mean, were they filming when it occurred? Oh, if they did, I'm sure that's been destroyed. Yeah. So, Baldwin also noted that he hired his own private investigator to look into the alleged accident who was assured by the sheriff's department that he would not be charged over the rush shooting. That private investigator, as you probably know, did not have a difficult time accessing the staff of the sheriff's department, and the person told us, quote-unquote, we have known in the department since January that Alec would not be charged with a crime, he explained. Mala spoke to Baldwin's attorney, who insisted that if Baldwin were charged with a crime over the shooting, it would be a huge miscarriage of justice. I disagree. CNN claimed... 
<laughs> CNN claimed Trump antagonized the actor, stating, but the then-president fanned flames against him, though Trump had been out of office for nearly a year at this point. Baldwin described Malas, to Malas how he was victimized by Trump over the shooting. Yes, Alec Baldwin is the victim. Yeah, of course. And so, and Alec Baldwin would never antagonize Donald Trump for the previous six years. No, no. And so, like always, Donald Trump is supposed to put on the kitty gloves and or be the adult. So, which which what way do you guys want to have it? The former president of the United States, he probably. Okay. Okay, here we go. Let me let me start that statement over. Baldwin described Malaz how he was victimized by Trump over the shooting. Quote, the former president of the United States said he probably shot her on purpose. <laughs> okay, and? Let's go back and look at all of the things Alec Baldwin said about Trump. He then implied that Trump was physically endangering him because he had allegedly done the same to his political enemies on January 6th. So, of course, he has to implore that. Yeah. To... No shame, dude, whatsoever to to divert you know, to use this, and I think that more and more people are seeing these dirt bags for so many different reasons for what they are. But this would be one example of why. To me, that was the only time I thought that I needed that I was worried what was going to happen because here was Trump who instructed people to commit acts of violence, and he was pointing the finger at me, saying I was responsible for the death. Okay, okay. You know, well, this sounds like I'm talking to my 17-year-old about mm-hmm. accepting responsibility for your actions. Oh, it gets better. Really? Oh, the, you'll you'll probably find more similarities. Let's okay. Check. Deadline Hollywood reported last November that Trump stopped just short of accusing Baldwin on purposefully shooting Hutchins, openly pondering, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe he loaded it. And that's the thing, dude. You mocked his his family, his children. You mocked them all, even his, you know, Baron Trump, who was a child. Yeah. And I want to say him specifically, but I know Hollywood for sure. Others in Hollywood for sure, and he enjoyed it. This guy's demented. This yeah. dude is a sick, twisted sack of crap. As the Hill noted, the former president added, "He had something to do with it." That's indisputable. As Fox Digital reported during filming on October 21, a gun Alec Baldwin was holding discharged during a rehearsal for the film, killing cinematographer. Helena Hutchins. Since the shooting, Baldwin has maintained that the shooting was an accident and that the supposed prop gun had fired off live rounds without him pulling the trigger. Last December, he stated, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. Though when FBI investigation revealed that the gun used on the New Mexico movie set could not have been fired without the trigger being pulled. And the only reason I would say, now I don't know, is because the FBI made the claim. Yeah. <laughs> Scrutiny fell upon the Russ set's armor, Hannah Reed, as to why a gun with live rounds was passed to Baldwin during filming. Reed has since sued Seth Kelly, the man who provided the prop and ammunition used by the production team. Reed's lawyers have criticized the Santa Fe, New Mexico Sheriff's Department for not clearing up the question of where the live rounds came from. It has made a conscious decision not to pursue this question at all by refusing to ask the FBI to test any of the rounds for fingerprints or DNA, they said. But he, he goes on to blame... The armor, they like he blames everybody but himself. And dude, you didn't check the gun yourself. Yeah. So rule number one. That well, that's it, dude. Yeah. Hey, for normal people, yeah. for real men that handle firearms, yes. Yeah. And that's on you, dude. And I think I said this at the time, but 
when you play make believe for a living, maybe you should leave stuff that real men use alone. Like that you, you actor or not, this particular dude like has no business. And so I've read about, uh, what's the guy from Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Keanu Reeves, the matrix. That shows my age. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Yeah. I didn't know what you were talking about. That's a shame. But yet here we are again with you not comprehending my movie references. That's okay. That's all right. It's all good. Um, but no, so he's in, is it, uh, I can't remember the name of those, those action films that he's in where he's like some kind of a secret agent or it's not Jack Ryan. That's uh, the other dude. Oh, that, uh, Jack Reach or something. Jack Reach. Reacher. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, he does extensive extracurricular firearms training with all kinds of different like governmental types or whatever. Yeah, I've watched one of those movies. Yeah. I don't remember the name of them. Sure, yeah. But but th- this dude here, who's a f- obviously a blatantly flaming whack job leftist weirdo who would most likely never fire a gun for l- like a leisurely activity, you know what I mean? Like as a hobby. But because I remember seeing the photos, he had the beard. He's like this grizzled cowboy type guy. Like l- leave manly, leave manly stuff edit to real man that's all i'm saying but yeah. lo and behold it's donald trump's fault alec baldwin completely innocent yeah. in, in his own world not ours <laughs> guilty dude you scumbag <laughs> oh that's that's your alec baldwin update so hopefully the next one he'll uh maybe they'll cuff him and stuff him in a perfect world this is going to be a shock we're on the gateway pundit Facebook joins Twitter and announces its plans to influence 2022 midterm elections for the people that are still on Facebook. I think our very first episode, almost two years ago now, wow. I, I was railing about Facebook. Almost two years. Yeah. It uh, started in January of yeah. 21. Facebook has shared plans to, quote, protect the 2022 midterm elections in a recent post from Meta's Nick Clegg, president of Global Affairs, their approach to 2022 is consistent with the policies and safeguards we had in place during the 2020 U.S. presidential election. And we all know how that went. Safeguards. Safeguards. Someone has made a mistake and not turned the ringer off. I thought that. Reverso. Thanks, dude. Do not disturb. Yeah. Come on, man. (laughs) Come on, man. There will be 40 teams with hundreds of people working on the midterms focused on preventing voter interference, connecting people with reliable information, and providing industry-leading transparency for ads about social issues, elections, and politics. Clegg unashamedly gloated that they will partner with the Biden administration through an alliance with the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Twitter announced last week they will also meddle in the 2022 midterm elections. The Gateway Pundit reported on a landmark lawsuit filed by Attorney General Eric Schmidt against the Biden administration for colluding with big tech. Evidence from the Gateway Pundit plays a major role in the case. Preventing voter interference, connecting people with reliable information, and providing industry-leading transparency for ads about social issues, elections, and politics. Okay, hold that thought and let's move to the next one. Now we're on Fox News, and I guess this is this is from today. Mark Zuckerberg tells Joe Rogan, FBI warned Facebook of Russian propaganda before Hunter Biden laptop story. So this is how they provide you with that uh, accurate information. Okay. Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg revealed that the FBI approached Facebook warning the platform about, quote, Russian propaganda ahead of the bombshell Hunter Biden laptop story leading up to the 2020 presidential election. 
Appearing on Thursday's installment of the Joe Rogan Experience, Zuckerberg was asked about Facebook's suppression of the New York Post reporting that shed light on the shady foreign business dealings of the, the son of then-candidate Joe Biden. Zuckerberg began stressing how Facebook took a, quote, different path than Twitter, which completely censored the post reporting while Facebook limited its reach on the platform. Quote, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, some folks on our team, and was like, hey, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. We thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump on that dump of that similar to that. So just be vigilant, Zuckerberg told host Joe Rogan. Stay on that comment for a second. He doesn't sound very confident. Basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, basically. Basically, so that's the, what's, can you extrapolate on that and maybe break it open a little bit more instead of saying basically like we're stupid because he's being obtuse. He's purposefully, he's being, he's being untruthful. Yeah. Like, because obviously they, they paid for ballot boxes in at least seven states. Zuckerberg insisted that Facebook users were still allowed to share the post reporting on the Hunter Biden laptop, even as their third-party fact-checking program was looking into whether it was misinformation, but acknowledged the ranking in the news feed was a little bit less and that, quote, fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. By what percentage, Rogan asks. I don't know off the top of my head, of course, but it's, it's meaningful, Zuckerberg responded. But we weren't sort of as black and white about it as Twitter we just kind of thought, hey, look, if the FBI, which I still, view, which I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, he has to throw that in. It's a very professional law enforcement. <clears throat> Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, Comey. <laughs> they come to us and tell us we need to be on guard about something. That I want to take that seriously, right? Did they specifically say you need to be on guard, on guard about that story? Rogan followed. No, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it basically fit the pattern. Zuckerberg said. When asked if there was regret about suppressing a story that turned out to be factual, Zuckerberg replied, yeah, yeah, I mean, it sucks. Yeah, tell us about it, dude, you lying sack of dog. And, and there's kind of a theme here with this, this, this first little segment. And again, I've railed on this so many times in the past, but I think that, that there's something that I notice with people is that kind of hoping somebody else, and I said this early on, hoping that somebody else will do something. And one of the some things that people can do now and, and this is one of the easiest ways, and I said this at the very, very beginning. I'm sorry to be beating a dead horse here by repeating myself, but using their platform, you're giving them money, and you're also giving them your information to make money with your information that they're gleaning from your participation on their platform. If you have their app on your phone, that, that app, so I, I've never had Facebook. I'm in your phone under Stanley Hudson, the app has your contact list. It builds a profile on what information it can get off your phone out of your contacts about Stanley Hudson. I don't want Facebook to have my information. And so in your phone, when it asks you to label people as this, that, and the other, if you have me labeled as your lawyer or your mechanic, it, it knows that. And so let's move to this story on Breitbart. Because a lot of people are the same thing with TikTok. People send me TikTok videos all the time. I don't watch any of them. And watching it through a browser is at least a little bit different than having the app on your phone. The apps on your phone or how they build these profiles on people, like what we talked about last week, that they discovered at the Pit event 
with True the Vote that China has this database of 32 states worth of election workers. They've built profiles on all these election workers down to the most localized level. And they're doing that through stuff like this, that all these Chinese-based companies and the people are connected. Again, Zuckerberg's directly connected to the CCP via his wife. Yeah. So we're here on Breitbart. Emily Jasinski, TikTok, a potential, quote, election interference weapon with millions of Americans, detailed voter profiles. Get this crap off of your phone. Trust me. Get it. Like, this can't be a situation where, oh, yeah, well, I'm not hiding anything. It doesn't. They're not worried about stuff that you're hiding. They're taking your information, compiling it, saving it, and they're selling it. None of which benefits you whatsoever. It benefits them. That's why these apps are free. One, one, one reason. Emily Jasinski, culture editor of the Federalist, explained on Wednesday's edition of SiriusXM's Breitbart's News Daily with host Alex Marlowe how TikTok may provide the Chinese Communist Party with the ability to manipulate American voters' political perceptions. Jasinski noted how ByteDance, the China-based company which owns TikTok, can build detailed voter profiles for millions of American users on its digital platform. It's built in a very kind of simple way, she said, of TikTok to suck as much data up about you as possible and then feed you more and more content based on your swiping. TikTok captures users' behaviors to construct personalized profiles and feed its broader algorithms, Jasinski observed. She remarked, as you're swiping through videos, they are building a profile on you. She noted how TikTok logs the amount of time users spend viewing videos and the types of videos and profiles users observe. TikTok's launching of an election center, she added, is a threat to national security. Jasinski warned of TikTok's growing influence of American politics as a growing number of Americans described the digital platform as a source of news and information. She said TikTok and social media more broadly is becoming the theater in which we litigate our politics and our personal lives. We're sleepwalking into this dystopia, she warned. I think that's very profound. ByteDance is legally required to give their data for national security purposes to the Chinese Communist Party if they ask. That's the law. They say they won't do that, but that's a lot of trust to put in this company and the Chinese government not to use the data, but they can certainly try to manipulate voters with it. I mean, do you trust the Chinese Communist Party? No way. Manipulation of Americans' political views can be very subtle, Jasinski stated. She speculated that TikTok can be weaponized to make Americans more and more divided and such as upregulating trans content and BLM content. And, you know, I always kind of say abstract, and you know, in, in the abstract, that China's behind the push for this sick sexual stuff in our country, the gender bending. Yeah, of course. And this is one of those many conduits that I'm always referring to. And without even knowing directly that this was the in this particular nature, how that's occurring, it was always obvious to me that's where this was coming from. And this would be just one of many ways they do that. Starting over, manipulation of Americans' political views can be very subtle. She speculated that TikTok can be weaponized to make Americans more and more divided, such as upregulating trans content, BLM content. Marlowe replied, this is Chinese mind control because I think it is designed to, and at a minimum, waste all of our time and maybe worse. He added, people are just getting stupid content that is so hard to shut off because they've made the algorithm to rewire our brains, basically. And if you look at some of the, the... testimony of some of the people that created Facebook and the like button and dude, they were going in with this really in-depth research about how it releases dopamine 
like people are getting a fix and a hit and a high off of how many likes they get on things. Yeah. Like I'm over here eating a ham sandwich. You take a picture of your ham sandwich. Like I'm taking a dump. Take it. Like it's dude. I mean, it's that weird. It's that odd that people would, would, privacy is a virtue. Privacy is part of the foundational principles of our country. Independence and privacy work in conjunction together. They go hand in hand and people willingly forfeit their privacy and I, it's not a social media guy. I don't get it. Like, what is the benefit? I, this yeah, this oddball temporary fix that can never be satisfied because you're always looking for more likes. Like, what can I do? To, it makes no sense, especially on a personal level. Try, like, so people, in my estimation, I've said this for a long time. It's, again, in my opinion and how it seems to me, I've seen it. And I'm not saying everybody. I've seen it enough to say that it's a problem that a lot of people spend far more time trying to create a fictitious reality for other people to consume and the time expended on that is more than it would take to have a happy life for yourself yeah i don't get it why are we doing this as a culture i mean i could go on and on and on about people's addiction to electronic devices and i'm not immune i spend too much time on my phone mainly consuming news but social interaction has been supplanted with a three by five electronic screen and like i've said before up to and even people's sex lives and marriages are ruined because their sex life is supplanted with electronic pornography on a three by five screen in secret. Yeah. You've got to get this trash off your phone, dude. It's got to go. But we're not done with TikTok. We are on it's the Seattle Times. That's a new one for us. TikTok browser can track users' keystrokes according to new research. The web browser used within the TikTok app can track every keystroke made by its users, according to new research that is surfacing as the Chinese-owned video app grapples with U.S. lawmakers' concern over its data practices. The research from Felix Krauss, a privacy researcher and former Google engineer, did not show how TikTok used the capability, which is embedded within an in-app browser that pops up when someone clicks an outside link. But Krauss said the development was concerning because it showed TikTok had built-in functionality to track users' online habits if it chose to do so. And so there you have, again, if they so choose. Yes. So how many parameters are left up? It's like so many other things. It remind me to talk about selection code because it's, there is some correlation there. Why would that possibility exist if you weren't going to exploit it? Your 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 worst fears about this are correct. Uh-huh. Their suspicions are correct. Collecting information on what people type on their phones while visiting outside websites, which can reveal credit card numbers and passwords, is often a feature of malware and other hacking tools. While major technology companies might use such trackers as they test new software, it is not common for them to release a major commercial app with the feature, whether or not it is enabled, researchers said. Quote, based on Krause's finding, the way TikTok's custom in-app browser monitor, monitors keystrokes is problematic, and the user might enter their sensitive data, such as a login credential on external websites, said Jane Monchin Wong, an independent software engineer and security researcher who studies apps for new features. She said TikTok's in-app browser could extract information from the user's external browsing session, which some users find overreaching. In a statement, TikTok, which is owned by the Chinese internet firm ByteDance, that said Krauss's report was, quote, incorrect and misleading, and that the feature was used for debugging, troubleshooting, and performance monitoring. Of course. It's, it's yeah. been, there's nothing wrong here. No. Contrary to the report's claim, we do not collect keystroke or text inputs through this code, TikTok said. 
Kraus, 28, said he was unable to ascertain whether keystrokes were actively being tracked and whether that data was being sent to TikTok. The research could wait, raise questions for TikTok in the United States where government officials have scrutinized whether the popular app could endanger U.S. national security by sharing information about Americans with China. Although debate in Washington, D.C. about the app had receded under the Biden administration, new concerns have boiled over in recent months after revelations from BuzzFeed News and other news outlets about TikTok's data practices and its ties to its Chinese parent. And we're back on Gateway Pundit. And so if you've been listening for any amount of time, we had the, the piece where the White House, to sell on the, the Americans on the Ukraine aid, the initial packages of however many billions of dollars, and we gave another, what, $3 billion this week. If Reverso was here, he, he would have a quick number. He's, he's pretty in tune with how many billions we've given to Ukraine. But they use, you know, TikTok, quote-unquote, stars to, to – they, they brought him to the White House, had a meeting with them, and they gave them the information to – rather, I'm sorry, they gave them the propaganda to disseminate over TikTok because that's how popular this, this platform is. Again, we're on Gateway Pundit. Joe Biden enlists China-owned TikTok to partner with federal voting assistance program in the 2022 midterm elections. So is that is that I mean, I feel like this is a pretty good package I'm putting together here. Like Yeah, this everything seems to be falling in place. So here. can can we see here where, you know, you, you've got to trust them with this and we've already yeah. discussed and there's already proof that they've built a database of election material, American election material and data compiled in China going back potentially decades. And again, where is where is the reasonable explanation for why that would occur? There isn't one. I can assure no. you there's not one. No. And so I think the complacency of people, I think that, and, and again, my opinion, this exemplifies the level of complacency in this country that people will put stuff like this out of their minds, like, ah, well, it's not going to affect me or no, nobody else is going to stop using it, therefore I'm not. Like there's a ton of things that go, go on with people that, that I observe. Oh, how did this happen? How did the election get stolen? Complacency on lots of levels, corruption on lots of levels. But the complacency of Americans participating in things that they don't understand, you've got to get this off your phone. You've got to get informed. You've got to get rid of it. And the thing is, you have to stand for something. I mean, you have to stand for what you believe in. And it's like when you start seeing this stuff, you have to, if you're on it, you have to get off of it. And it's like the other day I bought those chairs I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. And the guy that owns the store, I was telling him about the studio and the podcast and all this stuff. And so come to find out his brother's the one that owns a cedar mill where we got this. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, he'll probably listen to this show. But if you notice those chairs on the porch when you come out, I don't know if you mm -hmm. notice or not. But um, he was like, yeah, well. He's like, when you get them put out there, take some pictures and tag us. I said, I don't have social media. He's like, you don't have any? It's like, nope, I don't have any. Nothing. And he said, do you have an email? I said, yeah, I have an email. <laughs> I mean, I have a phone and I have email, but I don't have any social media. I'm not getting any. Yeah. But I can... Email you some pictures. Yeah. And okay. unfortunately for, for small business, social media has become the lifeblood of it. But I'm, uh, I know, disagree. I, I own several small businesses and I don't have social media. Yeah. Well, and it's also going to, 
there's going to be variation by business type yeah. as far as the degree yeah. of social media you would have to employ t- to grow. But that doesn't mean you can take you rather you can't take measures to mitigate things like I'm describing. Obviously, TikTok would be horrible. That, that there's zero. I don't. If you send me a TikTok video, I don't watch it. Period. Yeah. Now that is not to say that my my business wouldn't benefit benefit substantially from having social media presence. I'm sure it would. Which I I don't have social media, but if if I'm looking to find anything about a, a company, I'm look me personally. I'm always looking for our website, anyways. To like I'll, I'll see links to Facebook, which doesn't seem to have near as much information as a website does. So I'm always looking for a website myself anyway, but, uh, keeping the apps off your phone and using these things through a browser helps, but I would, I would absolutely limit anything that has to do with Facebook. Um, personally, like I've said so many times, I'm, I'm partial to true social. And by the way, this is blue collar blacklisted podcast. You can find us on the internet at bcblpodcast.com email is info at bcblpodcast.com and we are on true social at blue collar blacklisted podcast it is well known this is again gateway pun it is well known tiktok is owned by beijing based technology company ByteDance, which was founded in 2012 by chinese billionaire zhang yaming for this reason president trump announced he was going to ban tiktok i wonder how he became a billionaire reverso well he's not here Trump, yeah. Trump wisely exec- issued three executive orders banning American businesses from working with TikTok or WeChat. President Trump did not allow any branch of the federal government to use the CCP's TikTok. Joe Biden revoked President Trump's TikTok executive orders in June of 2021. Even the head of the U.S. Federal Communications Commission requested Apple and Google in June to remove TikTok from their app stores due to serious national security threats posed by the said mobile app, as reported by the Gateway Pundit. In a letter dated June 24, FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr told Apple and Google to remove TikTok from their app stores as it harvests extensive amounts of personal and sensitive data from its American users. Now this. Joe Biden just welcomed TikTok into a formal partnership with a federal voting assistance program, a U.S. government agency set up to help overseas voters in the upcoming U.S. midterm elections. TikTok just launched their U.S. midterms election center. Users of their apps will be fed, quote, election information, not to be confused with what the CCP labels election misinformation in 40 languages, and hopefully English is one of these. Among other things, the CCP's TikTok will instruct people here on how to vote by mail in their respective states. You simply cannot make this up. Quote, we believe the world will be a better place if every citizen has access to accurate, unbiased, and nonpartisan election information, who is on the ballot and what they stand for, so they can make informed decisions about their vote. We are pleased to work with TikTok to help their community not only understand the candidates and their positions, but to also empower them to feel confident when they cast their ballot. Leslie Graves, Ballotpedia founder and CEO. So that's what I've got on that. Dude, people need to be mindful of what you're doing with your information, period. And and with the younger generations, they're not going to remove TikTok from their phone. They're not. Uh, But that doesn't mean you don't have to. At some point, like, and I, again, dude, I'm, I'm, I know I'm beating the dead horse. When the very first or second episode, like right after the election was stolen, everybody wants to know what can I do, what can I do? And I said it then, and I'm saying it again now, almost two years later, get the these garbage companies that assisted in the heavily, heavily, demonstrably, provably were complicit 
in what happened in the 2020 election. They're trying to do it here. I've painted a very clear picture for you, and I will continue to do so until this show exists no more. I will continue to do that. Get this garbage off of your phone. If you want to do something, get off it. Let people know. Stay off of it, period. Yeah, and if you're not going to do that, if you're not going to at least take this crap off your phone, don't complain. Don't complain about high gas prices. Don't complain about stolen election. Don't complain about Biden. Don't complain about anything, the chaos, the turmoil that's going on in the country. Don't complain about anything because all you're doing is enabling them. And, and well, and the thing is too that this isn't this isn't just you know for an election. When you look at Chinese, like the the, the credit score, social credit score, this all works in conjunction with that. They've built data profiles on everybody. And again, that's not just not for marketing. You can see here the government is involved. The U.S. federal government is involved with these companies. Yeah, speaking of of that, the social credit score, you know what's going on in Australia right now, and this is what you're going to see next right here since you say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, bank will end loans for new gas and diesel cars. Buyers will only get loans for right decision this is from the western journal you may have heard of a company's esg score the initials stand for environmental social and governance and the scores businesses receive can determine whether they have access to capital and at what interest rate among other things now bank australia wants to export that kind of thinking to an individual's choice of car according to fox business the financial institution announced friday that it will stop providing loans for new and gas diesel cars starting in 2025. Instead, it will only be giving loans to those buying new electric vehicles or used gas and diesel cars. Quote, we think the responsible thing for us to do next is to ensure that our vehicle lending doesn't lock our customers into higher carbon emissions, and increasingly expensive running cost into the years ahead, said Bank Australia's Sasha Corville said in a statement Fox Business reported. Corville is Bank Australia's chief impact officer. That's seriously his title. This isn't the Babylon Bee. So, I mean, that's just crazy. That's That's absurd. I mean, especially in Australia where you saw the, the heavy-handed approach to COVID with the literal camps. You know, because we, we had this story where the guy escaped from the camp and they, yeah, I think multiple people actually escaped. But yeah, I mean, that, that that's pretty authoritarian. And, and it doesn't matter that it's ultimately going to fail. I get that, dude. It's, it's, it's the, the fact that the government thinks they have the right and ability and they think that it's ethical to do this. But I do think it'll ultimately fail these things are going to be a flop in their current form, in my opinion. Yeah. Which I know that we had talked about the new Dodge Charger, the electric, the, well, not the new Dodge Charger, but the concept of the new Dodge Charger. It looked really good. Yeah. And yeah, so it's yeah. funny because a lot of these car guys, like, and it's it's a, it's a very strategic and, and intelligent approach on their behalf because they they they, they modified the way that it, that it makes, because, you know, it's obviously quiet because it's electric, but they, they had, like, some kind of a speaker system that was amplified through, like, a, a tubular exhaust-type deal, and it sounded awesome. It sounded like some kind of a spaceship. It did sound really cool. The car looks bad. And, like, it, it softened a lot of these car guys. Even one of our listeners was like, I don't know, man. Like, 
he was saying positive things about it in the car. <laughs> now I will admit the car looked bad. Yeah. It 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 needs the uh, SRT eight motor, the Hellcat engine. Yeah. In my book, but um. <laughs> and and I've said this for a long time. This probably isn't going to be popular on on to to a lot of our listeners, but to me, and they're not there yet. But if you if you can give me a basic car, and, and so I don't want to go on a huge tirade about this, but because this is kind of off off topic, but it would have to be at least to some percentage self-regenerating with some type of an alternator system on the drive wheels, solar panel, like they're talking about, and that same listener was telling me about uh, a paint they're trying to develop that, that actually has cell or uh, like solar capabilities in the paint to help recharge the car, which in the future, I'm sure stuff like that'll be, that'll exist. But if you can, if you don't, have to plug it in with any type of regularity. If it, if it can generate power on its own, that's common sense. Like yeah. that is the future. I'll admit that, but we're not even close to that. That's not what this is. Coercion and force isn't the private market is what will drive that. Not, not the, this is, this is insanity. Yeah. But speaking of that, what is it? Selectioncode.com. You can watch that free through Frank speech. That's what we did. Yes. And, uh, that was, uh, that was pretty eye-opening. There was a lot of big surprises in there, but they were showing some of the manipulation through these computers. Yeah, it breaks it down. Yeah. I mean, it's in black and white. You can't argue with it. Yeah. I don't see how anybody could argue with it. Yeah, so, it, but yeah, I, I, won't, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, so it's frankspeech.com. That's uh, Mike Lindell's. So he's got like a whole, it's an app. I put the app on my, I think I have the app on my phone. I know I signed up for it on the website. You got to sign up for their chain emails and they will send you a link for selection code. And so it deals with the voter fraud on the machine side. And like we're talking about, and I've, I've talked about it again on here many times. I talked about it on the last episode. In fact, you're looking for a, a, a tabulation system for votes. This day and age, that's just the most simplistic thing. And they have all these options and capabilities and connectivity that you have to entrust that the people overseeing this that are known, government is known for absolute unadulterated corruption. But we got to trust that, just like with the things we just discussed, we got to trust you. You've proven yourself wholly untrustworthy and to be deceitful over and over and over. Yet it's... And that kind of ties in with what I was saying about people's complacency. People assume human nature's default is benevolent, and it's not. It's the opposite. That If it wasn't, we wouldn't be in the shape we're in to begin with. Yeah. So you beat us, you lie to us, you cheat, you steal, you screw us over, you send our money over, so you do all these things, but when we got to trust you. you got to trust us. I ain't going to trust you. You people suck. They're horrible. Don't ever trust it. Get this crap off your phone. Stop trusting these people. You're trusting these people with your information. That's how this stuff is happening. That's how things are being stolen. Stop it. Yeah, and that reminds me of what I was going to say earlier, but, but it slipped my mind. Um, when I talk to the people that I know at the bank, at the credit unions and things, they're saying that these identity thefts and, and these things are happening at such a rate like never before and card numbers are getting hacked and, and all this stuff. 
how do you think it's happening? It's happening because of all this crap that you have on your phone. Yeah, like the, what they just yeah, described. Yeah, yeah, that's how. All these keystrokes and keyloggers and things that they have on your phone. All these apps. Yeah, and something as open as TikTok is described with all those things built into it. Yeah. And if those people can find that out, an experienced hacker can also find that out and exploit it. Which, And, and again, that, that's not my primary concern. But, yes, it is a valid concern for sure. But, if it, obviously, it would be a humongous concern if it happened to me personally. So, yeah. yes, that, that's definitely valid. But... And I can't just reiterate enough, man. Your private, your private life is your private life. Yeah. Keep it that way. And if you haven't been keeping it that way, rein it in and make it that way is my point. Yeah. But that brings us, well, you know what? This next one is a precursor to the adults are back in charge. Look at that headline. We're here on Breitbart. Because I guess, as everybody probably knows, now we're doing some uh, student, student debt forgiveness. Yeah. So, seen a bunch of good memes about this they paid off my student loans who did nobody because i didn't have any <laughs> me either because <laughs> i'm a hillbilly white house spokesperson uh bottoms that's a great name on how debt plan is paid for paid for biden did a very in-depth analysis on if we could afford it so she's on there with this fraud jake tapper let's just give it a give it a quick all right 45 second listen here to Keisha Lance Bottoms, the former mayor. Um, let me start with the fact that uh, Wharton estimates that this plan is going to cost somewhere between $300 billion and $980 billion over 10 years. Um, what is the actual number, do you think, and, and how does this get paid for? Well, what we know is that um, the president has done a very in-depth analysis in looking at whether or not the country can afford um, to give this relief to borrowers across this country. And what we know is that nearly 45 million people, if they take advantage of this program, will be eligible for loan forgiveness. That will be $10,000 for borrowers who are not Pell Grant eligible and to up to $20,000 or $20,000 for those who are Pell Grant eligible. So this is a huge boost to many across the country who have been looking for some relief in the midst of this. Okay, pandemic. that's enough. I, I gave her 15 seconds extra. It's a huge <laughs> boost to the people that, that benefited and didn't go back to work because of the stupid COVID relief funds. And so this is a continuation to some degree, at least anyway, of giving free money to people to incentivize the way they vote, it's, in my opinion. And when you're listening to her talk, she doesn't reek of intelligence. And I'll assure you this, you're, you're telling me three-week vacation, two times covid Biden, who's brain dead, and proclaims to the press pool that his butt's been wiped. He did an in-depth analysis. Oh, I mean, that instills yeah. me with the confidence. So, okay, well, nothing to see here. Hit the next one real quick. This is him uh, returning from his uh, three-week vacation. We just got a short little clip here. This is the guy that just did the in-depth analysis. By the way, this has now moved into the segment. The adults are back in charge. So Look at that little shuffle thing. I mean, you can tell he's, oh, yeah. what, is, what is going on? It's a on? disgrace, dude. It's an absolute disgrace. And, you know, one of the things, too, is what are the legalities to, because at this point, it, it's so ridiculously apparent, and it's intellectually insulting and degrading to the, the every American. And this dude's not running anything. So who is making the call that's not the elected president that's ha that has their hand up as like a puppet that's controlling this? Because the, the, 
he's the one that's supposedly elected. He, there's no possible way this dude's making the decisions. So, in my opinion, the person that is making the decisions is doing so illegally because they're not the quote-unquote elected president, which neither is he, but I digress. So, listen to the guy that did the in-depth analysis so that you know America can afford to forgive student loan debt for people that signed up for an obligation to pay for something they borrowed and they just can't pay it back. And even if they couldn't pay it back, it would be your fault for freaking screwing everything up, you jackass. So let's hit it. So my message to all servants, all public servants, all those who are the ones that are volunteering, is out with student debt to go. Here's what you want. If, you, if you're worried about how to do it, go to pslf.gov before October 31st to see if you qualify for public service student loan forgiveness. It's so terrible watching him read, dude. And, you know, people have, have said things about the way I read on here, like I read too fast sometimes, mostly all the time. But I noticed you've slowed down. I made a conscious effort. Yeah, I could tell. But at least I don't read like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so embarrassing. In-depth analysis, that guy? No. All right, what do we got next? Oh, okay. Now we now we've got another brain surgeon. Uh, when the adults are back in charge, and it's everybody's favorite press secretary with sideshow Bob hair. Sideshow Bob. You know what I'm talking about from The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. She's got his hair. That's correct. Yeah, she does. I, th I think I just that's an epiphany. I knew she had something look familiar, and yes, yeah, the sideshow Bob hair. Well, her hair huh. changes sometimes. I think so. It, so, do things just come to you like that? Yeah. Huh. Why? I don't know. It's interesting. Oh, I'm always good trying to connect with who looks like what, but it's like I'm, I'm not as good as I used to be at it. Like the older I get, the slower it is to. But you're um, as good once as you always were. That's right. All right. <laughs> so, uh, see, I know that song. Yeah, this is uh, Peter. Yeah, uh, Toby Keith had throat cancer. I think it was. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he didn't tell a lot of people, and he, I think, I think it was throat cancer. It wasn't good either way. Is he okay? I haven't seen an update. I can't remember. I like Toby Keith. He's all right. Huh. Anywho. Boomtown. The, uh, so Peter Ducey asked uh, when, well, you'll, this is an exchange between Peter Ducey and the uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the lesbian press secretary, who is totally qualified. And uh, she's as qualified as Joe Biden was to do that in-depth analysis. So... And, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Sometimes I just wonder, am I, am I like, because obviously thousands of people listen to this, and sometimes I think to myself, in a week, by the way, our listenership is up. Thank you yes, for listening, by the way. Yeah. So, but it's like, man, do, am I really qualified to tell this many people the things that I'm saying? Then I hear her, and yes, I am. And so. then you think, man, we should be syndicated. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Amen. <laughs> Here's, a lot about how much it might cost, it might not cost. Who is paying for this? What we are saying is the, the work that this administration has done, the work that the Democrats in Congress has done, is actually there. And you see that the $1.7 trillion uh, deficit, in deficit uh, deduction that you see is, is going to benefit us. Pause that for a second. It, I'm sorry. Deficit deduction. It would be a reduction, you dumbass. <laughs> like, that, you can't. You can't be the press secretary and be the stupid. That's all I'm saying. You like how when she gets 
I mean, I'm like right. when she gets in a pinch, yes. she she really like crank her her wrist. Like man, she yeah, she's showing you the level. It. Yeah, she's showing yeah. you the level of yeah of the but, savings. Yeah, and like I've noticed that before. She really arches and just pivots that wrist down yeah. like before. It man. is a weird move. Yeah. It's it's a habit. Yeah, it is. In being able to do something for the middle class, to do something just, for the middle class. This is about doing something for people who make less than $125,000, $1.7 trillion. That's what we've been able to do. But when you forgive debt, you're not just disappearing debt. So but, who is paying for but, this? And then I'll give you the second part. We lifted the pause, right? We're going to lift the pause uh, at the end of this year, which is going to matter, right? Which is going to offset uh, a lot of what, what we're doing as well. Uh, when you think about the, the $4 billion that are going, that's going to go back uh, into, as, as revenue, back into uh, this process of folks uh, paying, paying uh -huh. right, their college uh -huh, tuition, yeah. that matters as well. So we are doing this in a smart way. We're doing this in Pause a that way. again. You're smart doing way. something in some way, but it's, I don't know what your definition of smart is, Bimbo, but it's you're the only one that thinks this is smart. This is so bad. And look, man, I'm not even being trying to be funny. You don't make any sense. What you're saying doesn't really make any logical sense whatsoever. And and if and if I could kind of take it apart, put it back together, and see what you're trying to say, it still wouldn't make sense because it's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. That's going to be effective. Uh, we are doing in this a way that keeps to the president's promise on giving people who need some breathing room, who needs some breathing room. I just, I just laid out, I just laid out for you. No, Peter, I just laid out for you how we're seeing this process and why this matters. Again, I just laid out, I just. I just laid out, because of the work that we have done in the economy, because of the American Rescue Plan, uh, because of uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, and because all of this work that this president has done is actually has brought down our deficit by $1.7 trillion, unlike what Republicans did when they added to our deficit $2 trillion and did not care at all or thought about how this was going to be paid for, they did not actually put in a process or thought th think about how we're going to do this in a smart way. This is not how this administration is doing it. Again, we are happy to continue to have this conversation. But And, you know, if you could, if BS had a sound, that would be it. <laughs> That's the best way I know how to describe that. And now it is time for our signature segment that everybody loves. And you probably tuned in just for this. If you're a new listener, a lot of listeners you get tons of emails. They love this segment. And if you're new, here it is. It's this week in idiot cross-dressing, confused, moron, pervert, Democrat, nutjob, wackos. Y'all ready for this? You're going to hate this one. A lot of people are going to hate it. In fact, I had a listener send me some stuff that we're going to cover here uh, three or four bits in. And I asked him if the worst part of this segment was too much. He said, no, this stuff needs to be discussed. I agree. We'll discuss the disgusting. Uh. 
So, hey, but I'll tell you this. We will end it on multiple good notes. We've got some good news. Okay. So, we'll finish it out. Okay. So, uh, but we'll start it off. We'll start it off smooth, light, airy, easy with some dip, with some libs of TikTok, but on true social. So, it's not, we're not actually playing a video from TikTok. So, okay. Roasted. All right. There we go. Very good. Ready? Yep. Buckle up, everybody. It's time to talk about my pronouns. I use the pronoun set ni, nem, near. Ni, nem, near. Um, and it's a gender neutral pronoun set. It's a neo pronoun. The word neo pronoun makes it sound like it's not been around for very long. My specific pronouns have been around for over a hundred years. Um, neo pronouns are not that new of a thing. We just came up with new words that fit us better. It's fine. An example of how to use them would be the sentence, Ni went to the market with near friends who love Nem. Ni went to the market with near friends who love them. So that is Nem over there. Uh, this is near room. Uh, I really, I really liked Nem. He was nice. Not all non-binary people like neo-pronouns. Not all non-binary people use neo-pronouns. It's just personal to me. Wow. <laughs> okay. And the, the, the whole pretentious nature, or whatnot, the extremely pretentious nature of all of these always astounds me, as if anybody would actually care. And then did you, and, and it kind of really ties in with the, the mass consumption of social, social media and people's, how it feeds into their narcissistic behavior. You think that anybody gives a flying rat's crap about your video, dude. You really spent the time. To but that's the thing they do because look, 35,800 hearts. I did not see that. Listen, if that person has 35,000 hearts slash, I guess that means likes for that. I don't know. I don't have TikTok. Can we get some, can we get some ratings already? Some, hey, listen, you can like, share, subscribe, and rate if this weird thing. Why do they all have nose rings? The one last one, that, that one had a nose that. ring. This one has a nose ring, and the one from last week had a brass knuckle nose ring. Yeah. Maybe you should get one. No thanks. <laughs> no Let, thanks. Let's check this one out. This is another pronoun video. Gosh. There are like millions of options for neo pronouns. A lot of people even like make up their own ones. I'm just going to do some of the popular ones. We'll start with it. Hello, it would really like a vanilla cone with uh, chocolate sprinkles. And it would really like it in a bowl if you can do that with a spoon. It's just less messy the way. All right, we appreciate it. So another one I wanted to do was Hugh. It's Hugh Hughes Hume. And it kind of is short for human, um, which I really like because I, I just identify as a human. I don't really have a gender identity right now, um, but it would sound something like this. Hugh would really like a vanilla cone. I'll get it to Hume. Thank you. And now this next one's not so funny. Okay. But let's roll on into it, dude. So this is csaprimaryprevention.org. And to do what I always do and talk about the things that I've said for such a long time, but it bears repeating. The widespread glorification of homosexuality was inevitably always going to lead here. And I said something like that on True Social, and they uh, made it a sensitive comment where you have to push it and, like, to see it. I wonder why. They're kind of weak on that, dude. I'm not, not impressed with that. So, yeah, CSAPrimaryPrevention.org, supporting 
minor attracted people. And uh, and so the reason that I played those or, or wanted to play those two two clips first because we're always seeing these whacked out weird people, and you discount them as ex- insignificant, and, and I don't blame you because I do too. But these people are obviously they're, they're pawns in a game, but they're helping drive the narrative because they're playing the game out of their own stupidity for sure. And their own loneliness and loserdom and whatnot. Like I said, these are, like I said last week, in our generation would have been the Marilyn Manson kid types, you like the yeah. gothic kids that were losers, had nothing going for them, weren't weren't physically capable in sports, whatever the reason may be. But like in their own quote unquote uniqueness, like they you all look the same. In your, in your struggle to look different, you're just like every other Marilyn Manson kid nationwide. There's millions of you. You're not unique. And it's the same with this idiot. Well, my pronouns are this, and it's for me this and that. And if right now I don't have a gender, you're just like the millions of other idiots just like then. And and again, you're, you come from that same point in society. Loner, weirdos, that like, like that chubby chick there, like probably wasn't good with the opposite sex. Okay, maybe I'll do this because I'm seeing it's popular. I can garner attention this way and go that direction because you really had no set goals in life. Just it, And again, a lot of these people will grow out of this. And so you see people that have already that have unfortunately butchered themselves and they'll attest to how the personal hell they're living in. Like I think we talked about it on the here before because yeah. like there's a, they were talking about the odor. Yeah. And like, a yeah. lot like that was a commonality amongst them all that, that butchered themselves so here we go this again csaprimaryprevention.org in case you are unaware of the distinction between a pedophile and a minor attracted person a pedophile is someone with an attraction to a prepubescent i'm sorry attraction to prepubescent children while minor attraction is an umbrella term for someone attracted to minors in general the behavior of sexually abusing a child is often not motivated primarily by pedophilia. Hang on, read that again. This is their words, of course. No, the, the sentence, just the sentence. The behavior of sexually abusing a child is often not motivated primarily by pedophilia. The majority of those who sexually abuse children are not sexually attracted to them. Right. So why would they do it? I... Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying, but even further than that, if you're not sexually attracted to someone or something, how would you be aroused to be able to... Exactly. I don't understand. That don't make sense. No, none of this is going to make any sense. But, man, I, there's some real good stuff at the end here to kind of extrapolate on where this is coming from. <clears throat> While that information may be difficult to believe, it comes from a number of sources. One study showed that one-third of sexual abusers of children have pedophilia while two-thirds do not. A Dutch study found that 20% of sexual abusers of children have minor attraction, not just pedophilia. How, and then the thing is, too, with that, like, how would you even determine that? What would be the determination process? Because this is a bunch of hogwash, and it does, the, ultimately, they're sympathizing by trying to look at, oh, this science, let's look at it from the scientific, psychological aspect. It doesn't matter. The, call, the causation, to me, is absolutely irrelevant. Like, the, leave the children alone. Stop that. St- st- that's it. You, you know how this is viewed in society. There's a very specific reason why. You do it, you get punished severe, severely. That's my opinion. 
yeah. when they do this. And again, this is what I always knew would happen when they started talking about gay marriage. I knew this is this is the inevitable conclusion to that. But you know it doesn't stop here. So what's next? No, it doesn't stop here. Um, hold that thought. Let, let's finish it and then hold that thought and then ask me again. Because this is, this is pretty short. This isn't long. But for as short as this is, they sure did cram a bunch of bull crap in here. Another study of 146 men who sexually abused children found that 16.2% had pedophilia. The statement of former FBI supervisory special agent Kenneth Lanning also confirms these ideas. While determining precise numbers is difficult due to underreporting, it is clear that about one-third of sexual crimes against children are perpetrated by someone with a sexual attraction to children, while most crimes are not. This is, by the way, this is what that listener sent to me is this, is this uh, website here. Regardless, and thank you, JC, for that. Regardless, everyone does, does better. This is where we really get into the meat and potatoes of what they're trying to do here and make you sympathize, you can be sympathetic to this and humanize predators, unadulterated absolute wolves. <clears throat> Regardless, everyone does better with support and minor attracted people are no exception. Similar to the stigma facing LGBTQ plus youth. See, and right there, this false correlation. Similar to the stigma. Where is that stigma? Because the pop culture has erased that stigma. It doesn't exist. You have coerced and browbeaten, forced people to accept this bullcrap. So there's no stigma to be had. Is there, Are you aware of a stigma? No. Because I'm sure as hell not. Similar to the stigma facing LGBTQ plus youth. And so then, you that's already not true. Then you try to draw a false correlation that these kids are being bullied and, oh, you're going to do it to these, these pedophiles too. This, this Again, this is exactly because that proves my earlier statement. That proves a statement I've made for over 20 years, similar to the stigma facing lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, queer, plus youth. Lesbian and gay. Because I always said, if you are born gay, and it's okay, you can be married because you're born that way, even though it's, it's categorically and by definition abnormal behavior, but we're going to put it up on a pedestal. We're going to worship it, glorify it for a whole month every year. How is a pedophile any different? Because if your sexual compulsions are instilled in you from birth, how could you punish someone for being attracted to children? I, I said it for 20 years, and here it is. And again, by their rhetoric, not mine. I think it's all sick, abnormal, and need. again, as long as it's two consenting adults, see, that's the problem, and that's going to answer your question. It comes down to a question of consent. That's where it's going to get to. We'll get to it. People do better when they have both peer and professional support available to them. This is a little harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. To guide them through how to ethically and legally navigate what they go through. What the experts say. Who are the experts? Oh, we'll we'll get to that. And it, it's it's not it's not very clear there either. This idea is not new. In fact, three major experts in preventing sexual harm answered questions about this recently during a special IAMA Ask Me Anything session on Reddit in December. Maya Christopher is the executive director of the Association for the Treatment of Sexual Abusers. And I'm sure I'm sure that's an objective, reasonable person. Yeah. Is an expert. Karen Baker is the director of the National Sexual Violence Resource Center. And Michael Sito is one of the foremost experts on pedophilia and the editor of Sexual Abuse 
a journal of research and treatment. Again, I'm sure these people are all objective with no agenda and no sympathetic leanings to their rhetoric. The overwhelming opinion in the professional sexual violence prevention community is that helping minor attracted people by offering peer professional support is the best way to ensure that minor attracted people do not harm children and suggest that reducing the stigma against minor attraction will help this endeavor and protect children. This can be seen across numerous pieces of research as well. Hold that thought too. Keep that in mind because we're going to look at their... uh, We'll we'll take a look at their source material. For every minor attractive person that gains a community of like-minded peers that are dedicated to remaining law-abiding, they have a social support. They have social support from people that understand them and issues unique to minor attracted people. For every minor attracted person that gains professional help, they have the potential of finding a bigger support network. In doing so, they lessen the risk factors like depression, anxiety, and self-hate that can lead to acting out against a child or themselves. We can also help them avoid ideas that can lead to offending. When a minor attracted person can get support without harming a child, it is not only a win for that person, but a win for society as a whole. We're going to look at these sources. And tell me, Michael Cito, Ray Blanchard, James Cantor. And so this is from, this is 2006. Child pornography offenses are a valid diagnostic indicator of pedophilia. And so his, one of his names is up there as an expert, but child pornography offenses are a valid diagnostic indicator of pedophilia. Okay. Sounds reasonable to me. That's, in, that's published in 2006. All right. Source four out of their five. They had, they had five books for source material that, that they're quoting from. Landing Kenneth V. Child Molesters, A Behavioral Analysis. 1992. So 1992 and 2006, pedophilia and child molesters. All right. What's the next one? Kisicky DeAndre. Pedophiles and or child molesters, 2014. The stigma of pedophilia, 2018. Go up to that one from 2014. What is that one? It's only got two left, if I'm, or one or two left. On Solid Ground, Tackling Sexual sexual Violence Against Children in the Netherlands. That's 2014. You notice that three of these are European? Right, but the later the year, if we move into the later years, the the vernacular is more sympathetic to the offender. What was the question you asked? What's next? Yeah. Let me me try to think about the most concise and uh, fluent and maybe shortest explanation here. Um, Again, everything is my opinion. I'm not a psychologist. I'm an auto mechanic doing a podcast, so this is my opinion. The First of all, the problem is, I mean, there's many. The problems are many with this. You're talking about minor attracted people. Okay. What if the, the minor that this person is attracted to is Buford's daughter? That's an issue. The problem is you're attracted to people's children. It's my child. And society wants to push you that cons- consent. So when you see, and again, I'm, I'm spitballing here. We're going we're gonna to make these decisions for your, ch- your children at school. We're going to allow this child of yours, your child, at our school, in public school, to make a decision about their sex 
sexual happenings, their sexual organs, their sexual identity. We're going to make those decisions without your knowledge and without your approval. And even with a COVID shot at school, behind your back, we're going to let them make that choice. Is it a far reach for me to say what I've said the whole time? They will push for the lowering of the age of consensual sex. And so, oh, that child can make a consensual decision on sex at 12. And if you say something about it, you're a bigot. That's where I think it's going. That's exactly right. That's what they want. Because you're making people sympathetic to them now. Where And, and I've thought this for a while because everybody knows I like the Predator Sting videos. They're going to start banning those a bit. So they're already, you're already not able to... Apparently, from the one... Uh, I like the uh, Skeeter Hansen, yeah. uh, Skeeter Gene. Great channel. Check him out. He's awesome. They're not saying Predator on the videos anymore. They're editing that out for some reason. Really? Dude, I mean, there's there's no surprise on my behalf, dude. None. Like, it was always a goal to lump them in with the LGBTQ plus. Who's editing them out? I'm assuming the the creator is editing it out so that the videos don't get pulled. By my estimation, is what it looks like. I haven't looked into it enough to know, um, but I just noticed that recently. And I want to say he's made specific comments about that. They they get stuff pulled for a variety of reasons, but YouTube doesn't like that stuff because yeah. they're, it's run by a bunch of whack jobs. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that's where I think this is going. And so, and just like I played the two, the, those two videos and we play every week and we make fun of these people with their stupid pronoun videos and stuff like that. And the, the quote unquote transgender, these cross dressing whacked out sickos. Yeah. This site's full of sick stuff, dude. Terminology, best practices. So see, they're trying to modify speech about this this sick, reprehensible behavior that's universally disgusting. And the, you would think that everybody from all political leanings, of it, just every, every decent human being would be shouting this down. Is it any surprise Nobody's that... Nobody's saying anything about it. Oh, no, if you show this to a conservative, they're going to get pissed off. Yeah. But people on the left will agree with it. Yeah, not not the, all of them. Not all of them. But you would imagine decent people and would be shouting this down, and the left is not. The, I remember a spe- specifically my brother recounting a, a, an argument with a liberal cousin on social media saying that, that – the gay marriage would lead to this, and now oh, that'll never happen. No, actually, I'm sorry, it wasn't the gay marriage. It was the uh, it was the pronoun stuff. Now that'll never happen. That's that's uh, alarmist talk. Blah 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 blah. And here you have it. And so they'll slowly segue into to to not denying, then accepting, and then glorifying. That's how it always goes. And if you'd like to see that for yourself, we'll put a link. It's csaprimaryprevention.org. It's it's loaded with sick, whacked-out nonsense, making excuse for child molestation and humanizing child molestation. Yeah, it's amazing that on the guys about me page, you don't have a picture of him. Yeah, well, he's also using a pseudonym as well. And so, just like I said, the 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 predator hunters that I, that I like, this is on notthebee.com. And um, I've seen this guy quite a few times, too. He's a, he's a bigger fellow, but he also does... I, and I'm not sure what the, how, how it actually works, but the uh, Alex Primetime, Alex Stein, we've you know the one that, that harassed AO, or quote unquote harassed AOC that yeah uh, punked her yeah um, and then oh, man what's the other one he's really good 
there's the three of them, uh, Cassidy Campbell, and then this guy primarily does that. Like, he doesn't do much political stuff, but they're affiliated with each other somehow. And so Predator Hunter confronted a trans person who reportedly expressed intent to molest three kids, but police let the suspect go and chastised the concerned citizen for misgendering. Of course, that was in California, but that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, they, they will... They're frowning on going after these people. That's a problem. And granted, this is in Berkeley, but a, a bastion of liberal... I mean, this is not a bastion. This is a, a factory of, of sick leftism. So th- this, uh, th- this is on Not The Bee. And like the, the information is kind of scattered on here. The way it's formatted, it's, it's kind of oddball. But uh, this is an absolutely wild sting operation by Alex Rosen, a self-described predator poacher who creates these to catch a predator style sting operations in order to gather evidence and track down individuals who are sexually attracted to children. The video shows a sting operation by Rosen in Berkeley, where he confronts a transgender quote woman, a biological male who he sent text to as a nine year old girl with two sisters who are six and one. The messages show that the perp was planning to sexually assault all three children, including the baby. Oh my goodness. He's got the video on there. And, uh, We'll go down to some of that. We don't have to watch the video. Um, it'll, it will have a link to this article, but if you want to watch it, and again, this is the thing that, that one of our listeners, I was, I was, you know, asking his opinion if he thought this was too much, but this is, this is what, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying that all these, these cross-dressing trannies, whatever you want to call them, are like this. I'm saying if you're so debased and confused that you, that you're like that, you don't know what you will do. You can't quantify what you will and won't do because you have no filter. You know what I mean? Like you have no compass. You're lost at sea here. You're you're mentally something's wrong. Yeah, this is. I was just reading through these messages on here. I mean, this is crazy. Yes, man. so this is uh, crazy. I will spare the gory details. Suffice it to say, this person was very open and direct about their desire to. To mess with a one, to to sexually molest a one year old infant, as well as a six and nine year old. Yeah, you need to go to the show notes and click on this. You can click on the link, and it'll be under the headline: "A predator hunter confronted a trans person who reportedly expressed intent to molest three kids." And there'll be a link under that, so you can see, and it'll take you directly and, to that. And so, all that to say. That when they're masking this with their 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 idiotic videos, their stupid pronouns, their silly behavior, what would be easy to discount is uh, immature stupidity. This is this is one component of their capabilities. Is my point like you? Anyone that is that debased cannot be trusted around children. And do we see the evidence weekly of these drag shows with children? This dude, this is sick stuff, and it's targeted at children. So this is no surprise. Like you have to keep this mess away from your kids. You got to keep like this. This stuff needs to be shouted down, which is why we're talking about it. Yeah, and if you don't shout it down, and you, if you choose to keep your mouth shut, this is what happens. The stuff we've just been talking about, and it will continue to happen. It'll continue to be glorified, and it will continue to grow. I agree. Moving on to some good news. Bring it to me. Undercoverdc.com. Woke goes broke. Conservative mothers are winning school board seats. And this is going on nationwide. 
This is in Florida. Tuesday's primary showed conservative mothers can win school board races with a little coordination and funding. With the spread of woke culture in the nation's schools, some conservatives finally finally realize just how important the culture war is. White privilege, multiple genders, 11 million pronouns, transgender bathrooms, and furries often dominate school curricula and culture. Moms for Liberty, the 1776 Project PAC, and Governor Ron DeSantis answered the call for those who want to return to the basics of reading, writing, and arithmetic in Tuesday's primaries. They joined forces and flipped multiple school boards to a conservative majority. So this is Cat Turd on Twitter. He's also on True Social. I follow him. <clears throat> so the, these are the counties that flipped here. So and um, I'm I'm originally from one of these counties. Really. And my best friend, we grew up together in said county. It was awful. And he actually moved to another one of these counties recently. Are you from Miami Dade? Is that why you like street tacos and speak Spanish? See, si. Bay, Brevard, Clay, Duval, Flagler, Hernando, Hillsboro, Martin, Miami Dade, Okaloosa, Polk, Putnam, Sarasota. School boards. That's school boards that the 1776 Project Pack flip seats and won several conservative majorities. Beautiful work. Yes. Conservative mothers are now winning back territory in the woke culture war being waged on America's children. Motivated parents are scrambling to regain the right to have a meaningful voice in their children's education. Mothers are fast becoming the most powerful agents of change in the populist movement. Let me interrupt right there. Sure. What would happen if we had like 13 more articles where this was happening in 13 more states? Well, we had Drew on here, and that was... Three, so that school board, the six that were up, you got three solid conservatives go in. So we're eight, eight to three, and he said the next cycle, which will be in two years, they'll be looking. They're already vetting people and getting convincing people to go now. So. Yeah, so what I'm saying is, come on, people. Let's, I mean, we're getting some momentum here. Let's do something. Let's, let's get on this train. Let's do something. Let's take advantage of this. Oh, you're going to see a lot more than just this. We need to. There has been a noticeable decline in the traditional American family since the 1960s as, as a stabling force in American culture. While the pandemic was, by almost any measure, a complete hellscape, it delivered an unintended gift to many American parents. With their children suddenly at home, many parents begin to see how children were negatively shaped by the very institutions they had previously trusted. Families had either underestimated or allowed public education and the prevailing culture to be dominated by critical race theory and social-emotional learning propagated by the left. Social-emotional learning, Drew actually talked about that, S-E-L. That's kind of a new thing where they're trying to change the names around to, to keep in, like... To disguise it. Yeah, I would make a totally, totally nerdy uh, Star Trek reference, but I would be made fun of, so... But they, they constantly change. They're always, they're always moving and changing... And, trying to morph into something else, you know, or the vernacular to, to throw people off base. It was during the pandemic that parents began to proactively reclaim their roles in the lives of their children. Parents who had previously shied away from being vocal or actively engaged began to see that their children were being indoctrinated, often without their consent, with concepts that were contrary to their core beliefs. As a result, beginning in the late spring of 2020, many parents began to mobilize and interact with school boards to question the curricula, Wins in school board races like the ones in Florida and other states, there's a link to that other state, so it is happening, are the product of this grassroots movement. Florida now enjoys a vibrant populist conservative movement in part because of its governor, Ron DeSantis. DeSantis has been a staunch advocate for the rights of parents to make their own decisions on mandates and education. DeSantis' endorsements helped multiple school board candidates, while his backing, Bridget Ziegler, 
Robin Marinelli and Timothy Enos flipped their school board in Sarasota. Prior to the election, the Sarasota school board had a three to two progressive majority. DeSantis's rapid response coordinator, Christian Pushaw, said, Today, Ron DeSantis endorsed candidates one and flipped the school board, so it's now four to one in anti-woke indoctrination and pro-parental rights. 25 of the 30 conservative school board candidates endorsed by DeSantis won seats across the state. Progress is being made. Yes. Yeah, so look, you see stuff going on all over Wisconsin. Yeah. Everywhere here. The Republicans have just flipped the Kenosha County executive after years of Democrat dominance. Again, Dude, people are getting motivated. And I, I think one of the things with the, the kind of the continual uh, somewhat of a disagreement that we have is that I think it, it's it's sometimes difficult to ascertain the level of reaction because the, obviously the frequency of which elections occur and now you're getting to see a, a more accurate represent, representation of how pissed off people really are. And I think... And you see this, you saw it on election night 2020 in, the, in, in the, the days after, women standing up for election integrity immediately and instantaneously with no fear. And like it said, dude, like Mama Bear is an extremely, extremely formidable force. And that that is science. That is nature. Mothers' protective instincts over their children Dude, it's, I mean, I love it. It gives me goosebumps. Like, they're, can, American mothers ain't going to put up with this, dude. They're not going to let you do this. So, and it's, it's, a, it's beautiful, man. And so that, that reaction that was, you know, as far as the level, level of anger is instantaneous. The, the, it's a whiplash effect. Like, now you guys are going to start getting spanked for what you've done. And they're going to spank you by getting your getting you out of there, and ensuring this doesn't happen again. And I think you're going to see this multi-tiered up and up and up the ladder. And now, the one of the reasons I don't like to, to especially this early on in, in, in a cycle, is that I we you never ever ever want people to get complacent when it comes to to these elections because the your opposition will absolutely exploit that. Yes. So these people work around the clock. They cheat, they suppress, they lie, they steal. And so the reality is we have to play the game and we have to play the game legally and fair because especially with the corrupt Department of Justice at a state level, so much of the, of the, the lawfare side is ran by the left. They'll roast you, dude. You have to play by the rules. They don't necessarily have to. That you you can see throughout the entirety of this show that things that they can get away with that we never could. The double standard that exists in every facet of the political realm. All that to say, you have to be on your A game constantly and never let your guard down. And I think the people that are starting to fill up these school boards, just like Drew, they realize that you can't let your guard down. You can never let your because these wolves they're circling. The, the person that's trying to mol- literally molest a one-year-old under the guise of this bullcrap we always talk about week to week. You can never leave anything. So you've got people stacking these school boards that are sympathetic to that. People like the person that wrote that website that we're just talking about, they're on school boards. They're sitting there being smug a couple weeks ago on our show. When Drew was here, we were talking yeah. about it. Oh, we're here and we're woke. We're still doing yeah. it under a different name. Yeah. We've been on it for yeah. two years. They're indignant yeah. about it. 
Uh-huh. Never let your guard down. So all that to say, yes, we're getting some good wins, but, dude, you can never, ever, ever let off the throttle with these people. This has to be constant maintenance. This country wasn't exi- – it wasn't created, and it, nothing can be structured for maintenance-free. America was never maintenance-free. That's the slip-up, and that's how societies as great as America die is that complacency and letting off the gas and thinking that, oh, this is going to maintain itself. No, dude. They're always looking to tear this country apart. That's why you have to be vigilant always. <clears throat> Here's another great example. NBCnews.com. I picked this one for their liberal leftist take on something awesome. They don't like having the shoe on the other foot. We've seen the extent of which they'll go. And again, lie, cheat, steal. So this is NBC. This is their take. We'll, we'll break it down systematically. I do have one more thing that's not on the agenda that's really good. It's a COVID story. We have to cover it. It's obligatory. It has to be done. Even if we run a little bit long. NBCnews.com. How a far-right Christian cell phone company took over four Texas school boards. So, again, it's happening. Patriot Mobile markets itself as, quote, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Now, the Trump-aligned company is on a mission to win control of Texas school boards. And And I like the way, well, let me hold that thought. A little more than a year after former Trump advisor Steve Bannon declared the conservatives needed to win seats on local school boards to, quote, save the nation, he used his conspiracy theory-fueled TV program to spotlight Patriot Mobile, a Texas-based cell phone company that had answered his call to action. I hope that they're here because I would like to switch to them. Yeah. (laughs) Quote, the school boards are the key that picks the lock, Bannon said during an interview with Patriot Mobile's president, Glenn Story, from the floor of the Conservative Political Action Conference, or CPAC, in Dallas on August 6th. Tell us about what you did. Story turned to the camera and said, we went out and found 11 candidates last cycle, and we supported them, and we won every seat. We took over four school boards. 11 seats on school boards took over four, Bannon shouted as a crowd of CPAC attendees erupted in applause. It was a moment of celebration for an upstart company whose leaders say they are on a mission from God to restore conservative Christian values at all levels of government, especially in public schools. To carry out that calling, the Grapevine-based company this year created a political action committee, Patriot Mobile Action. It gave more than 600000 to spend on nonpartisan school board races in the Fort Worth suburbs. This spring, the pack blanketed the communities of South Lake, Keller, Grapevine, and Mansfield with thousands of political mailers warning that sitting school board members were endangering students with critical race theory and other woke ideologies. Patriot Mobile presented its candidates as patriots who would, quote, keep agendas out of the classroom. Their candidates won every race, and nearly four months later, those Patriot Mobile-backed school boards have begun to deliver results. The Keller Independent School District made national headlines this month after the school board passed a new policy that led to the district abruptly pulling more than 40 previously challenged library books off the shelves for further review, including a graphic adaptation of Anne Frank's The Diary of a Young Girl, as well as several LGBTQ-themed novels. So how do they find these, like these type novels? Does someone go through every book in the library, I guess? That's a good question. Um... Obviously, everything is going to have a digital. You like remember what? ISBN. What's that? The number of the book. Yeah. You know, like the. I, I just know when I was in elementary school, the Dewey Decimal System with the yeah. the pull out drawers. 
Yeah. Remember, like, they don't Yeah, have, I remember that. I'm sure that's all on computer now. So, I mean. That they, ISBN. Is that, yeah. Again, I went to, like, a one-room school in rural Arkansas. So, we had, like, three books. And coincidentally, my teacher had that many teeth. None of that's real. I bet Drew took offense to that because I think he's from Arkansas. Yeah. Sorry, Drew. <laughs> no. Um, I, I don't know how they, they would ascertain that, but apparently these have been discussed before, and I think there's also some commonality as far as the groups of books that these... There's an agenda, there's a narrative, there's a package, and so it's probably at least somewhat cohesive from area to area that would be kind of the same books because these groups pushing this critical race theory. So like the, I can't remember the Ibrahim X or whatever his name is, the, the, uh, Katan, I can't remember his name. It'll come to me in a minute, but, uh, a black guy that does these real, like a, what's the anti-racist baby. So like that's a popular quote unquote anti-racist book. That's part of this curriculum. So they would know to look for that book. And I don't, I don't know that that's how they're finding them, but I think there's some universal books to that movement that they would know to look for. In the neighboring city of South Lake, Patriot Mobile donated frame posters that read, In God We Trust, to the Carroll Independent School District during a special presentation before the school board. Under a new Texas law, the district is now required to display the posters prominently in each of its school buildings. Afterward, Patriot Mobile celebrated the donation in a blog, blog post titled, Putting God Back Into Our Schools. And this week, at a tense eight-hour school board meeting, the Grapevine Colleyville Independent School District's Board of Trustees voted 4-3 to three to implement a far-reaching set of policies that restrict how teachers can discuss race and gender. The new policies also limit the rights of transgender and non-binary students to use bathrooms and pronouns that correspond with their genders. And the, and the board made it easier for parents to ban library books dealing with sexuality. So there's some photographs of the people that uh, <laughs> that are protesting it, which is awesome. And so there, there. So this woman's got a shirt on that's making reference to to being canceled. The worst part about being canceled is X, Y, and Z. Talking about free speech, obviously a leftist that's in opposition to, dude. And that's the thing. You guys are talking about this is what democracy looks like. Yes, this is. This is. They were voted in. And again, I would I would guarantee you that the political action committee founded by Patriot Mobile is that what it's called Patriot Mobile? Yes. Oh, sorry. Doesn't resort to the disgusting tactics that these leftist organizations do. Listen, Patriot Mobile is a tiny, tiny fraction of Meta. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who backs up all of this? Think of all these massive corporations that get behind this stuff. These guys are small fries, dude. This is the will of the people. The will of the people says they want God in this area. They want God back in the school, and you guys cannot deal with it. Move somewhere else. Yeah. Get the hell out of Texas, dude, or go to Austin 1, bastards. So, I love it, dude. And, again, they don't like having the shoe on the other foot, but this proves what I've been saying, especially in Texas, but in most areas outside of New York and California and maybe a few places in New England – and some metropolitan areas interspersed throughout the country, they are the minority. Absolutely, they're the minority. And one of the good things about it is I think that things have become so depraved that it's probably going to push people back into church and into Christianity 
to where it's been abandoned. I think that things are getting bad enough that there can be a revival and a resurgence of that, and I think there should be. But here's one more. Okay, we're on NBC again. Imagine that. Well, because I'm also getting their take again. Florida Christian School says it will refer to students only by biological gender. Ask gay and transgender students to leave. Are we watching the video? No, we can read it. Okay. Because I think that people really enjoy enjoy hearing me read. I know you do. Yeah. A religious school in Florida says it will only refer to students by their sex assigned at birth while pupils who are gay, transgender, or gender nonconforming will be asked to leave the school immediately. NBC News obtained an email from Grace Christian School in, how's that pronounced, Valrico? Valrico, yeah. Valrico, about 20 miles east of Tampa, sent before the beginning of the school year by Administrator Barry McKean. The subject line of the email reads, Important school policy point of emphasis. Please read. The June 6 correspondence to parents cited scripture and said that students will be referred to by the gender on their birth certificates. And we can just leave it there. I love this story. That's a great story. And it's, you know what the best part about it is? It's common sense. Yeah, it is. You're the, and because everything else is an unequivocal distraction from what the crap you're at school to do, learn, shut your cake hole, do your work, and go home. Stop making this a social exercise. You may want to actually read this right here. The June 6 correspondence to parents cited script. Oh, I thought I read that. Oh, oh right. I'm sorry. Well, somebody changed the uh, yeah, page. I, no, I was uh, looking up uh, something about the school. Sorry. While the email refers to, to, quote, biological gender, the National Institute of Health defines gender as a social construct as opposed to sex, which is the biological difference between females and males. Quote, we believe that God created mankind in his image, male, man, and female, woman, sexually different, but with equal dignity, the email said. Therefore, one's biological sex must be affirmed, and no attempt should be made to physically change, alter, or disagree with one's biological gender, including, but not limited to, elective sex reassignment, transvestite, transgender, non-binary, gender-fluid acts of conduct, Genesis 126-28, through 28, Students in school will be referred to by the gender on their birth certificate and be referenced in in name in the same fashion. It continued, We believe that any form of homosexuality, lesbianism, bisexuality, transgender identity and lifestyle, self-identification, bestiality, incest, fornication, adultery, and pornography are sinful in the sight of God and the church. And looks like Genesis 2.24, Leviticus 18.1-30, Romans 1.26-29, 1 Corinthians 5.1, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, 1 Thessalonians 4, 2 through 7. Students who are found participating in these lifestyles will be asked to leave the school immediately, the email said. While the policy is not new, it must be understood and accepted completely, the email said, adding that parents would have to agree to all policies and procedures before your student may start school in August. Yeah, that's... Multiple attempts to reach McKean and other representatives at Grace School, Grace Christian School for comment before the article was published were unsuccessful. Good. Screw you and your stupid rag, NBC. Again, you don't like having the shoe on the other foot. Well, I was going to close with this, but I got one more thing on the COVID stuff. But Project Veritas has a, a movie coming out on August 30th, The Secret Curriculum. Beginning August 30th, 2022, Project Veritas will release a shocking multi-part series exposing the secret curric- curriculum that is indoctrinating your children. The question we ask is, do you know what is being taught to your kids To ensure you see all of these breaking videos and bypass big tech censorship, we ask that you sign up for important email updates below. These videos will be delivered directly to your inbox so you can share them as easily with other concerned parents. It is the only way to guarantee the truth gets out there. 
And so, like everything that they do, I'm sure it'll be good. We love Project Veritas. And I got one more thing. And so, this is sort of a uh, where are they now segment. So, the CNN contributor we had talked about last year. Yeah. During the height of the quote-unquote pandemic, which there's a new pandemic. That you know, yeah, the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Remember that? Now yeah. it's a pandemic of the vaccinated because people are dropping like flies. And in fact, guess whose fault it is and who predicted this? The media is starting to blame it on Trump. Really? Yes. Yeah. We I mean, covered that in our early episode. Yes. And so this is the woman that was saying that we need to make it difficult on the unvaccinated. And I want to say at one point, potentially, I can't remember if it was her specifically, but I think she was the one that had talked about taking people's kids away. And I know she was talking about affecting people's ability to work. And so this is just one comment. Maybe it'll jog your memory. This is the Chinese woman, Leanna Wen. Yeah. So I remember see. she was crazy looking. Oh yeah. And the, the, her speech pattern is just nauseating. When vaccinated and unvaccinated people are mixing, unless there is proof of vaccination, everybody should still be wearing masks. And so I actually support what the CDC is now doing, which is going back to this indoor mask requirement, because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated, that they have been walking around without masks. And in fact, that's what led to the surge that we're seeing. Okay, hold that thought, because she's a doctor, like Joe Biden's a doctor. No, she's an actual doctor, supposedly. It's going to shock you, but... I'm a gateway pundit. <laughs> In an op-ed published by the Washington Post, Wen confesses the science she and her big brother demanded we trust as harmful and damaged her son's cognitive development. Quote, I'm a doctor. Here's why my kids won't wear masks this school year, states the title of Wen's editorial that was published on Tuesday. Masking has harmed our son's language development and limiting both kids' extracurriculars and social interaction would negatively affect their childhood and hinder my and my husband's ability to work. And so then it shows a tweet. Many on Twitter have asked, how did I go from being extremely cautious with COVID-19 precautions for nearly two years to now resuming pre-pandemic activities, including not masking my young kids at school? I explained this in my column on Washington Post. Nobody cares because dude, you are a disgusting, disgusting, reprehensible sack of garbage to even freaking suggest this, you stupid sack of crap. With this new indef indefinite time frame, the benefit-risk calculus of mitigation measures shifted dramatically. I was willing to limit my children's activities for a year or two, but not for their entire childhood. I was willing to limit my children's activities for a year or two. You're a dumb. Yeah. Like, no. And so... You wanted the government to crack down on people that use their brain. You're a doctor. Dude, I'm a, a mechanic. I don't have to be a doctor. That was a stupid idea. And because, you, oh, I'm, I'm a doctor, that doesn't mean anything to me anymore. It doesn't mean anything. You Because you're a shill, that's, that just like they said, you're doing Big Brother's work. You're pushing a narrative. And, and did, you obviously believed it because now your kids are screwed up. And remember all the school board arguments? We had them locally about masking children. Yeah. And, and this woman, you heard what she said, because you can't trust us because we're not wearing masks. For many, it's evident that a faceless society where everyone wears germ-ridden pieces of fabric across their faces to no avail would impede the emotional, psychological, cognitive, and physiological development of formative children. Speech therapists have seen an alarming spike in the, the number of babies and toddler patients who are speech-delayed. Mask wearing has caused a 364% increase in patient referrals of babies and toddlers, explained speech therapist Jaslyn Theek. Another study revealed how mean IQ scores of young children born during the pandemic have stumbled by as much as 22 points, while verbal 
motor and cognitive performance have all suffered as a result of lockdown. A study published in the Royal Society Open Science Journal found that lockdowns in the UK cause about six, around 60,000 children to suffer clinical depression. And so Anthony wow. Fauci is going to resign in December, by the way. Yeah. And the feckless Republicans like McCarthy are posturing, saying they're going to investigate him. Like, dude, I don't want to hear you. The investigation, I mean, everybody's, the evidence is all here for everybody to see. It was a bunch of bullcrap. You locked us down. And so now he's saying, oh, I didn't suggest a lockdown. Really? Because there's compiled hours of footage saying of you saying that you do. So that's that's where we're at with COVID. One of our listeners slash friends and participants on the podcast, uh, everybody knows him as the devil's advocate. You know, he had said, and I think, I mean, we all agreed, obviously, but early on that class action lawsuits that would inevitably ensue in his opinion. And now he, I was talking to him today via text about, you know, he was saying that, insurance companies aren't going to pay out on these claims for this stuff, you know? So, and I, I tend to agree, but dude, it's going to be a humongous, it's going to be a, ma- a, a massive mess. You've got these sports figures and somebody asked a while back, well, how come you don't outline some of these stories of people dying with these? And I, I saw, a, a, I think it was a Babylon B meme. In fact, like the leading cause of death is unexplained death. A battle on what? Babylon B. Oh, Babylon B. Such yeah, a yeah, website. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and and it's not funny, you know. That but um, it's sad, it's disturbing, and I, I I'm a lot of good people made some very bad decisions, in my opinion, based in fear because everybody you know that that got a shot did it because of of these underlying conditions. And the bad thing about it is, it's very apparent only now, or rather recently. That the and, and reverso would be one of those examples. The underlying conditions was more of a reason to not get it. Yeah, it's 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 terrible what they've done, and so and we've talked about it ad nauseum throughout the entirety of the show. But you know the efficacy levels was was dropped, dropped and dropped, and now everybody's going to be treated the same. And uh, Jill Biden, like quadruple boosted, has COVID. So, Joe Joe Biden, Mike Tyson, which sucks. I kind of like Mike Tyson a little bit, but so you have COVID. Uh, it's, I was saw the headline. He's however many times vaccinated. He was in a wheelchair at the airport today. So, really? Yeah. There's a bunch of breaking news. That's one of the tough things about doing one show a week. If you'd like to hear more than one show a week, boost our likes, subscribes, and ratings. And you can find us on the internet at bcblpodcast.com. You can email us info at bcblpodcast.com. And as always, you can find me, Stanley, running our account on True Social. We do this for free. Please just subscribe, like, and uh, give us a rating. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Have a good week. Thank you. That's too true for radio. No, you can't sing about it, they'll show you the door Cause Nashville ain't got any balls anymore They cast you aside, hope you'll tuck tail and leave But you ain't ever met an old boy quite like me Well, I'd rather be real than put on a fake show But that's too true for radio